The Chaser Report is recorded on Gadigal land. Striving for mediocrity in a world of excellence, this is The Chaser Report. Hello and welcome to The Chaser Report podcast with Dom and Charles. No, 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 no. Australia has spoken, Charles. Australia said no. No. 60% of Australia said no. Yes, which actually leads me to think that the polls all along were wrong because the polls said, oh, you know, no will win by like 45-65 or 47-53 or something like that. No had it was much wider margin. The polls totally got it wrong. They were skewed in favour of the yes the whole way. They were just biased in favour of yes. Outrageous. They should have talked to real Australians, shouldn't they? No. More after this. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. So that didn't achieve very much, did it? I mean, we spent yeah. millions upon millions of dollars. Uh, the mm. Prime Minister basically spent a year of his time in office focusing on this thing. Mm. People marched in the streets. Signs were put up. Core flutes. Yes. A lot of core flutes were covered with the word yes. And in the end, it achieved nothing. So, Dom, I was a supporter of the Yes campaign. So are you. I've always said that when you're on the wrong side of something, yeah, and you fail, what you should not do is any self-reflection. So I think we should just move on and talk about something else. Well, let's let's take the lead from Anthony Albanese yes. last night, who gave, I thought, a very dignified speech where he didn't apologise. He didn't say, wow, that was a big fuck up. He basically said, I'd said I'd do it. This is what they wanted, the yes. original community, through the Uluru Statement from the Heart. This is what they asked for. I said I'd do it. Yes. I did it. And now we're just going to keep going forward. We're just going to we're going to take the no, we'll be humble and we'll learn from it. At the same time, we're going to just keep going forward anyway. Yes. And I think it actually exposes the flaw, the fundamental tiny, tiny, tiny flaw with the Labor Party's approach to everything. Which oh, wow. is they got into power and they went, look, we're not going to promise you much. Mm. You don't have to hope for anything. Our promise is basically we're just going to be just slightly less annoying than Scott Morrison. Yeah, we'll be incrementally, mm. modestly better. Yeah, we'll just under-promise and then deliver on that under-promise. So you'll constantly be just sort of slightly disappointed in how little we're doing, but we won't be Scott Morrison. And so that's what they've done, right? And last night was a perfect example where it was like, well, we promised to do this, we did it. It doesn't matter that it didn't work, let's just move on. Same what they're doing with housing. Like, we promised to not do much about housing, we've now done it. We'll build a couple of yeah. social homes, so we'll build a, and a, a couple. A what are you all disappointed about? We told you we would be disappointing. We promised to not do much. We're not doing much. So why are you disappointed? Well, this was the whole narrative. Albo was like, I'm a man of my word. I do what I say I'm going to do. I promise to do these particular things. And it's true. Remember how we were talking about his small target campaign, the mm. very limited list of promises? Yes. He has ticked off those promises just about it's all a, of. I will underperform on housing. Tick. I will underperform on the economy. Tick. Oh, well, the environment's a big one. Oh, I will massively underperform on the environment. Tick. But I won't be Scott Morrison. Uh, and that certainly. Yeah. Unless it turns out that somehow this has been with some weird mastermind. <laughs> 
one thing whereby oh. Scott Morrison's still pulling the strings. Well, this is the thing. I have a theory that Scott Morrison actually swore himself in to be Anthony Albanese. It's entirely possible. Because constitutionally, he got that cleared by Christian Porter. <laughs> Charles, we can be a little bit honest about the voice now. There's been a little bit of a don't... Yeah, don't... Don't undermine the cause don't type ta- discussion. Don't talk down your own side. Don't ask the hard questions. Don't go, Pat Cummins is a lovely guy. But maybe he's a fucking shithouse captain. Don't go, can we at some point explain what this is going to be and how it's going to work? Because I, at one point, I remember we were talking with James Schleffel, you and I, and I said, I wonder if it's going to backfire and not having provided any details. Maybe it would have been sensible to at least say, here's the bill that the government would want to pass mm. if the voice gets up. Presumably yeah. they'd thought at some point yes. about what they would do next. Well, must- now, now we will never know. Well, we will never know what the voice would have looked like. We'll, we'll never have to put flesh on the bones at all. There must be some sort of cabinet doc document that will come out in 30 years. Oh, maybe, yeah. It will be. I wonder if we'll live long enough to know what they would have done be, next. It'll be a napkin from Golden Century or something. Because <laughs> well, there's two options and neither yeah. of them is good, right? Option one is that they had a whole plan. They go, okay, we're going to have a voice. It's going to be 50 people. Mm. We're going to vote it according to this means. This is the whole plan. And yes, there would have been negotiations and discussions. It would have been like the knack, right? You know, they came in, they had a plan for yep. the anti-corruption body. They negotiated with the crossbenchers and the teals and whatever. And then it basically took a form similar to what they wanted it to do. Mm. So either there is a draft around there and they've thought about it and they knew what it was going to be. And crucially, the problems people had with it would have been resolved by that, right? Like, definitely Mm. it had not much influence. It just would have been able to have an opinion. It would have been pretty innocuous, right? Yes. That's option one. They had a whole plan they just didn't bother to share with anyone. Yes. Option two is that they hadn't thought about it yet. (laughs) That they'd be like, oh, you know, we'll fix it if it gets up. You know, and referendum probably won't get up, let's be honest. (laughs) (laughs) We'll just do this because I said I'd do it. I don't want to be a liar. Yes. I promised... That is what happened. I promised, just, I promised Dr. Yudapingo I'd go ahead on his deathbed and I don't yeah. want to let that down. He know? couldn't be bothered putting it together. Maybe he is Scott Morris. That sounds like a very Scott Morris. Not my job. Not my job to give you the details. Why would you bother? It's like an assignment that, you know, if you're going to drop out of the course, you don't want to bother doing the assignment too mm. early. No. So either of those, op- no, those options is very, is very good, is it? Because mm. now we have no clue mm. what the voice is. And this is the other thing that, that I've been just holding off. I've been biting my tongue on for a long time. I might have, I might have said it at some point in the podcast. But people have to remember that this voice was designed in part by Julian Lisa. Yes. Now, we've known Julian Lisa for a long time. I'm fond yes. of Julian Lisa, but I've known him since, I don't know, university days. Mm. He is a very conservative man. I think the word you're looking for is twat. He is a man who asked for a copy of the Constitution as a as a young boy. Yes. And who is, for some reason, fanatically devoted to keeping it the same. He used to keep a copy of the Constitution underneath his bed and look at it. He was the young fogey who was the, the young monarchist, right? There was, he was the only person in the campaign who was a young monarchist yes. back in the Republic campaign. So the fact that he was comfortable with this whole concept of the voice, yes. that he thought it was an acceptable path yes. forward, just goes to show that it was incredibly not radical. Like yes. The idea that would be divisive and change anything dramatically, it wouldn't have. Julie and Lisa would never have dicked off on anything that wasn't very, very, very modest. But maybe therein lies the problem. Maybe the fact is that people want radical change when it comes to dealing with big problems. And things like the way we treat Indigenous and First Nations people is actually a big problem and shouldn't be solved by things that Julie and Lisa approves of. Well, yes. look, then you're getting to the Lydia Thorpe point of view. Oh, shit. (laughs) Which we'll get into more in a moment. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? 
Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. The Chaser Report. Now, I tweeted something at a crucial moment on referendum night that went incredibly viral. At the moment, it's oh, had really? 114,000 views. Oh, my God. And I was a bit frustrated, Charles, because I was sitting there watching Lydia Thorpe talk about how the voice was ridiculous and what we needed was a treaty. Mm. And this was when I knew that the ABC was on the verge of calling the whole referendum as having been defeated. The ABC coverage was waiting for her to stop her impassioned speech about wanting a treaty mm. and how the voice was just going to do nothing and the treaty was the only thing that was going to work. And I just thought, is she really really not reading the room to this degree. Is she really thinking that when 60% of, of Australians have said, absolutely not, we're not even doing the voice, that suddenly we're going to turn around and go, oh, but a treaty, now that's something we can all get behind. Mm. It just seemed so frustrating that it, it's the whole kind of Greens thing, even though she's not one, of letting the good be the enemy of the perfect, right? Like, mm. she so wanted the, the more radical form of recognition that she wasn't even interested in this one. And it just really frustrated me. At the moment when the whole thing was lost, and Australia had said, actually, we don't want to even do this for you. We don't even want to give you this small thing that you've asked for. So how about a treaty? It just seemed not yeah, to read the room to me, Charles. Well, I think it was like one of those, I, I assume Lydia thought, thought that 60% of Australia is behind me yeah. in wanting no. Peter Dutton, Pauline Hanson, they're all going to get on board with the next step, which is obviously a treaty. That's what I was <laughs> imagining she was thinking. Yeah. Was, okay, well, we've, we've got rid of that. Yeah. It's like, you know, thank goodness we've defeated the Republic version where it's appointed by the Parliament. Now we'll do direct election. Yes. That was the mistake that a lot of people made in 1999. <laughs> it hasn't happened yeah. all these years later. Oh, man. A lot of people woke up this morning thinking, well, at least... Dutton is toast. And I just want to correct people on that because uh, you can't really toast potato. It's more sort of like, isn't he French fried or isn't he he mashed or roasted? You can put it in foil. And just put it in a fire, can't you? Yeah, Yeah. it's a camping trick. But what I would say is that I think that those people are being as naive as an Albanese. Oh, wow. If I can uh, coin that phrase. The the point was made that every single teal seat along the East Coast Mm. voted yes by quite a large margin. Basically, if you live near a a CBD, the closer you are to the CBD, the more likely you are to vote yes. It was actually Mm. extraordinary the way that that worked. Mm. Basically, the more rural and regional you are, until you get to the point where actually you're in a remote indigenous community where they did vote yes up to that point further you got from the, the like main post office in your state the more likely you were to vote no it was yeah. really was an inner city elite thing in the end the voice so i wouldn't be waking up sunday morning and i was peter dutton i wouldn't be going oh drat it i now will never win zali Stegel's seat or monique ryan's seat i'd be going right there's a whole lot of outer suburban fringe seats mm. that voted vastly against the voice against the express wishes of Anthony Albanese, how the hell can I run a whole lot of other culture war issues and take out those seats in the next election and get elected without winning back any of the teal seats? And I think Labor strategists are going, well, the next election's in the bag because, you know, Dutton needs the teal seats. They've never been elected before without the teal seats. Well, I'm here to say, actually, there is a way forward, which is if you do a far-right populist movement where you go clearly Labor is just trying to impress all the harbourside elites and the beach-loving elites that live right next to your beach and your... The yes on sea. Yeah, 
Yeah, basically. and then run a whole lot of horrible campaigns where you just lurch further and further towards a sort of populist right agenda, then you can pick off the thing. And the thing that Peter Dutton seems to be harping on about over and over again is that Albo is all talk but doesn't deliver on anything, right? And I know Labor strategists are sort of scratching their head going, I don't think that that resonates because Albo has consistently under-promised and then delivered on those under-promises, right? As we said at the start of the podcast. But it has an emotional truth, which is, yeah, sure, you elected Albo because he wasn't Scott Morrison, but emotionally the idea was I'm electing this guy because he'll be in some ways better. And I'll be doing better. And this is the thing that's so rough about this, Charles, and Dutton did keep going on about this. Why are we having a referendum when everyone's worried about the cost of living? And it's certainly true that if Labor can't make any inroads on cost of living in a year's time, they could be in serious trouble. We do dump governments in a recession. But I will disagree with you slightly, Charles, because of the polls. And this is the thing that's so fascinating. The news poll that came out on Friday night, just before the referendum day, Mm. It pretty much accurately forecast the voice. It said yes, 37, no, 57. And that was a big up, by the way, for yes on its poll before that. Yeah. So yes, even rallied to get to the point of getting 40% of the vote. But preferred PM, Albo 51, Dutton 31, just down two. Mm. Dutton approve uh, minus two to 35, disapprove 53, plus three. Mm. Albanese approve 46, disapprove 46. So that's not so good for him. But the primary votes, Labor 36, which is up two, LNP 35, minus one. Greens, 12, and the others were one nation was six. So on a two-party preferred basis, Labor is absolutely sitting pretty, and Dutton has done this whole campaign to try and undermine Albanese. I don't know that he's gotten anywhere with it, certainly if you believe news poll. Like, the way the polls are for him, you would imagine that he'd actually be in trouble had he not just won this referendum. This referendum may have saved his job as opposition leader. Look, I find him almost unbearable to listen to. He was on the radio on Friday, and it was like, okay, this is the point that we turn off the radio. And look, I, I don't disagree that he's a sort of vile man, but cast your minds back to 2013. If you run a very clear line and you just keep saying, this guy doesn't deliver on anything, he's naive, he just promises these big things and then doesn't deliver. He promised the voice, he didn't deliver. He promised you'd be better off, he didn't deliver. Even if Albo can technically go, well, actually, I've delivered on everything because I actually didn't promise much at all, the emotional truth is, actually, yeah, you're right, he sort of... What's the fucking point of him? It's a dynamic thing. It's 18 months out from the election. I think Dutton's going to have a sniff of how he can... He'll look at the polling results and he'll go, well, what were the messages that worked really well? Mm. Right, okay, let's... Tell some lies about the UN taking over Australia <laughs> if, the, if the yes vote sort of things. How can we how can we build on that style of politics? Because that's the style of politics that's working everywhere else in the world. That's yeah, where bearing I mean, in mind New Zealand's just gone centre right, someone really quite radically right. Yeah, I should and, point out, by the way, news polls fifty four forty six. So that's pretty far in Labor's favour at this stage. Yeah, yeah. That's getting into the you know bump the leader territory historically. But yeah, I, mm. I agree. Dutton has found a message that, that is resonating. Yeah. So. So Labor's got to come up with a plan, right? And so I've got the plan for it because have you heard what's going on in Poland? Have you, have you heard about the Polish elections? I have not heard about the Polish elections. I think they're in a week or two. I should probably look but, that but up. Have, but, while you look that up, okay. th- though, there is one thing I want to say, which is that I think it does come down to the hip pocket. I think it does come down to the way everyone's feeling in terms of financial pressures. And if Labor can come up with a plan to really do something about that in the next 12 months, which they have the control of the parliament to be able to do, then they'll get re-elected in a canter. And I'll give you one example 
that's relevant to me, which is massive, which is that the new childcare subsidies are vastly different. The amount of money you get in your pocket now versus when Albo got elected is dramatically more. It's mm. much more generous than it was. And so that is a beautiful bribe to those with young children in childcare. Yes. And if the government does a lot more stuff like that, yes. it will easily win re-election and Dutton won't have a chance. And if the, if and it the, loses touch with that sort of stuff, yeah. yeah, they might well be toasted. The PBS is another brilliant example of that. Where That's true, actually. They've halved the price of medicine. Now, I don't know about you, but my, my family is incredibly sick all the time. And that is, I reckon there's at least 100,000 shaved off the medicines bill. <laughs> so that's the sort of hip pocket thing that you would think if you were the government, you'd be paying attention to. Because that does actually put money in people's pockets. Petrol's mm. going to be another one for them to look at. Yep. And obviously housing is the biggest of them all. So you would imagine that Labor strategists would be coming up with a big plan. I've said that before. And been sorely disappointed, but uh, you have an idea, Charles. I'm going to make a prediction that they will definitely not do that. But let me tell you how they should run their election to win. Right? Okay. What I reckon they should do is they should do another referendum. Right? Are you serious? Yes. During the election, <laughs> on the same day as the election. Oh, I want to hear this. Yes. I want to hear this, and I also want to remember this for the next twelve months. Okay. Right. But they followed the Polish model, right? So the polls had their election on Sunday. Polls went to the polls. The polls went to the polls on Sunday at that election, and so that's. The that sort of far-right populist government that they've got going on in, yeah, yeah. in Poland. They've already had two terms really quite easily. People are sort of almost saying it's getting to the point where you're sort of looking at the de-democratisation of Poland because, you know... It's a one-party state. Yeah, it? well, it's... It, but also, they don't really believe in big things like civil liberties and stuff sure. like that. Like, but what the polls have done, because Poland is in the EU, but it's right next to Ukraine, right? Yeah. Is the government decided, let's have a referendum. Now, there's no, there's, it's not like the Australian constitution where, you know, there's a reason to have a referendum. Mm. They just went, yeah, let's just have a referendum. And they had four questions, and all four questions were the most ridiculously worded questions in the history of the universe. Just translate it from the original Polish, Charles. Well, this is the problem is, I was reading this article which was saying that in the original Polish, it's even more extreme than the translations give it to you. So the questions are, do you support the selling off of state assets to foreigners, leading to the loss of Poles' control over strategic sectors of the economy? That was the first question, right? You know what that is? Yeah, what? That is Polish push <laughs> It's Polish push Second one, do you support an increase in the retirement age, including the restoration of the increased retirement age to 67 for men and women? Isn't that ours? Aren't we already there? Uh, oh, God. Uh, probably. We're going to be making this podcast forever. Do you support the remover of all barriers on the border between Poland and Belarus. Right? Oh, Belarus, which is the um, yeah, which is the Russian ally of Russia. Yeah. yeah, and then do you support the admission of thousands of illegal immigrants from the Middle East and Africa in accordance with the forced relocation mechanism imposed by the European bureaucracy? That they are honestly the questions. So the whole point is, what Albo should do is he should run his own referendum where he runs a huge vote no campaign, and everyone's going, "Why are you?" doing this and it's just literally to get everyone like excited about the thing not a single party supported <laughs> any of those questions right? there was no reason f to have the referendum it wasn't like it, it was going to change the yeah. constitution if it somehow got up so it's a question like do you like free money <laughs> yeah, exactly. but you know I've got the issue I've, I've actually got the oh, thing okay. yeah, you know yeah. what they should do what 
They should put Medicare in the constitution. Yeah, that is the perfect wedge because we know that in the past the coalitions nibbled around the edges and wanted to put in minimum fees and so on. Yes, if they put free visits to the GP and, and Medicare, protect yes. Medicare in the constitution, yeah. that would actually get up. The question should be: Do you want to destroy Medicare? <laughs> yeah, exactly right. <laughs> we'll keep you up to date with that uh, referendum result. Yeah, but apparently, the the rep- I'm looking at the, this here. The questions were all designed as a personal attack on the opposition leader. Like they're basically all phrased so as to wedge the opposition yeah. leader. So the referendum question for Labor should be something like, do you want to have a leader who looks like a potato? What about, do you want knights and dames back again? The thing that got rid of, <laughs> yeah, the, of the Tony The one Abbott. floor in Tony Abbott's provostorship. I think we need another referendum. I think that's the name of this episode is... <laughs> we have, need another referendum. Let's, let's have more referendums. <laughs> Maybe we should have a referendum about referendums. Because I think part of the problem is referendums are so fucking hard to get up. Yep. We should have a referendum to make it easier for referendums to get up. That is the least likely <laughs> referendum to get up in the history of the world. Yeah. Oh, maybe just the question is, do you believe Australia is the greatest country in the world? Oh, I love it. Well, Lydia Thorpe would still be on no. <laughs> you know what we should do? Do you think Australia should automatically win the Rugby World Cup every single time? Because it's the only way we're going to win it. Our gear is from Road. We are part of the Iconoclast Network. Let's just, um, let's have an episode where we focus on just something light tomorrow. Like, I don't know, death. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't there an asteroid heading for Earth or something? We'll, We'll find out. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.